Hello and welcome back to Culture Club after the longest summer break ever. Yes, we have had a relaxing break, lots going on, and we can't wait to dive back into the world of pop culture, news and current affairs very, very soon. But for now, here is our live episode recorded at Beyond the Valley on New Year's Eve 2022. We did have some technical difficulties getting this one up, but we're so happy that it's out in the universe now. Thank you to anyone who was there in person listening to us. And again, massive shout out to BTV for hosting us. Enjoy. On the podcast stage, it's the second last second last guest that we're having on. It's been such an amazing um, week here at Beyond the Valley at the podcast stage. First ever podcast stage in Australia. Very innovative. We love, we love to see it. Um, this next podcast is called Culture Club. It's by two Australian writers, Maggie Zhao and Jasmine Wallace. So please put your hands together for Culture Club. Woo! Bit more. Come on, come on. Bring it up, bring it up, lads. Let's go, let's go. Thank you so much, Frooms, for introducing us. And hi, everyone. We're Culture Club. Yes, and today we're going to be unpacking all the drama from Fitzroy Garrard's sesh. We're going to be looking back at this year's Wildest Stories and we'll be sharing our 2023 predictions. All from live from Beyond the Valley Festival. So, as you heard, we're Maggie and Jasmine and we run a podcast called Culture Club, which is a weekly podcast about pop culture, current affairs, internet trends, and a little bit of our lives as well when we want to. Yes, and before we begin, we would like to acknowledge that the Wadawurrung peoples of the Kulin Nation and the Eastern Ma peoples of the Southwest Victoria are the traditional custodians of this land we are on today. We would like to pay our respects to elders past and present and extend that to any First Nations people here or listening. We'd also like to celebrate the rich history of First Nations culture and storytelling that we are continually learning from. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. So Jazz, all these lovely people, overheated people in this tent must be wondering who we are. Um, we'd like to introduce ourselves. So I'm Maggie, this is Jazz, we've said that like 30 Four times. times. Um, but we are both writers. Um, together we have written for publications including Refinery29, Vice, Fashion Journal, MTV, Pedestrian TV, Frankie, Elle, Marie Claire and more. So this is a bit of a weird situation for us to be in. Usually when we record the podcast we're at home in our office in our pyjamas literally drinking tea on a Sunday night. So this is a bit out of our comfort zone but we're going to have some fun anyway. Exactly. Um, this might be embarrassing for us, but has anyone listened to Culture Club before? Raise your hands if you have. Thank hey, you, three, three people. people. Oh, and Probably our mum. Anyway, thank you. Thanks for listening. Um, so because it's New Year's Eve, we're going to be shaking it up a bit. Usually we just talk about what's happened in the week, but we're also going to be doing some recaps of 2022's wildest pop culture stories, as well as our 2023 predictions. We'd also like to say a massive thank you to Bella Haig, our sign language interpreter. A massive round of applause for Bella, please. Okay, we're gonna start with our 2022 recaps. So first up, the most random internet beef of the year. Let's take it back a bit. 
to when Doja Cat and Noah Schnapp from Stranger Things had this weird internet feud. Like, why was this real? I cannot believe that this is a thing, right? This little 17-year-old teenage boy and Doja Cat, queen of TikTok, um, feuding. So what actually happened, Jazz? Why was that happening? So Doja Cat slid into Noah's DMs asking if Stranger Things co-star Joseph Quinn had a girlfriend. Noah shared a screenshot of their convo, which led to jo Doja Cat to flip out and called it snake shit and weasel shit. Do you have any sides here? Because I feel like it was a little bit embarrassing on both sides. Just like, you know, Noah being a very much a 17-year-old petty boy, sharing DMs, which isn't social etiquette. But then if I was Doja having my little crush shared publicly, I would be blushing. But apparently the reason that Doja was so upset is because she was dating someone at the time. So she kind of got called out for it. Awkward. But yeah, that was, I think, the one of the like most random internet beefs that we saw. Um, but we were wondering, does anyone have any of their 2022 craziest pop culture stories that they remember, that they want to yell out? What was that? Sorry? Nothing. Oh, I did hear someone, but that's okay. We did not think that through. <laughs> Um, but one that I do want to talk about is the rise and rise of Julia Fox, okay? Can we give a cheer if we like Julia? I'll take that, I'll take that. But when did we first learn about her, Jazz? It feels like Julia Fox has been around for, like, for years and years. She's already like a main staple in pop culture. But Uncut Jams was only in February. It was like a trend in February I saw on TikTok um, this week. Yes. Um, so for those who might not be familiar with her, Julia Fox is 32 years old. She's an Italian-American actress and model. Yes, we love her from Uncut Jams. I hated that I had to do that just then. Um, but now she's become like a lovable celeb, but her entry into fame was kind of rocky. So before that Uncut Gems viral moment, she was obviously seen dating Kanye West for a solid six weeks. And she, it, during that time, she had interviews with Interview Magazine, photo shoots, her love letters were being published. It was like a real kind of shoot to fame for her. I know, and we were a bit like, we were a bit skeptical. We're like, why is this woman posting every little detail of her love life? Little did we know, we were playing into her hands. She is like A plus celebrity, right? She's giving us what we want. Yeah, she knew what she knew what she was doing and now she's considered to be one of like the voices of 2022 in a way like in terms of this kind of new internet feminism that we're seeing and she's also been kind of compared to Emrata who's also kind of had a bit of a pop culture rebrand recently. Yeah, so I actually, we're going to be referencing TikTok a lot, bear with us, um, academic literature, but I saw this TikTok by user Fran, uh, Black Fran Lebowitz, sorry, bear with me, um, about how people like Julia Fox and, and M. Rider's brand of feminism can maybe be narcissistic, which I found really interesting. So in the video, they were saying that uh, their idea of feminism really pretty much only is to do with themselves. So their whole careers are based off their image and the TikToker contextualizes it by saying like, rarely do these women acknowledge their white privilege and how they operate under the patriarchy. Um, I like the line that they said, which was, there's no dismantling, it's just kind of hot take observations. Yeah, definitely the hot take observation thing. But I feel like 
I don't know. It kind of feels like capitalism feminism in a way to me. And especially with Emirata being like a literal model. But like the space for everyone, I don't know. We, I'm interested to see where they kind of take that, um, take their podcast or Emirata takes a podcast and Julia Fox takes her branding into 2023 because I feel like they're the new kind of it girls. Yes, I agree. Okay, moving on to another scathing big pop culture moment. We could not have this show without mentioning the whole Don't Worry Darling, Olivia Wilde, Harry Styles debacle. Oh my God, that took up like three months of our lives. That was all I cared about. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I feel like it was, we had two episodes dedicated just to Don't Worry Darling and all the surrounding tea. And I feel like afterwards, the movie came out and then everyone just was like, forgot about it almost, do you think? Exactly, and we were in the car ride over here like discussing this and we're like, okay, so it kind of started when Olivia hired Harry to like star in this movie after Shia LaBeouf was supposed to like star in this movie and then there was the whole thing about the leaked um, video that she sent to Shia where she called Florence Pugh um, Miss Flo, famously. Famously. Um, and of course, after the drama aired, there was the red carpet premiere in Venice, where supposed couple Harry and Olivia barely like looked at each other. They were on opposite sides. Florence Pugh showed up late in the iconic purple matching set with her apparel in hand. Um, and then of course, the infamous Spitgate. Um, who could forget that? The internet had like weeks and weeks oh worth God. of content for this one freaking movie. Wait, the way you were like Spitgate, and I was like, what do you mean Spitgate? There was Saladgate. They had multiple gates in this one thing. So Spitgate was, did Harry Styles spit on Chris Pratt? What do you think? Final verdict? No. I don't think he spat. Who thinks that Chris Pine, Chris Pine spat oh, yes. on Harry Styles? No. No. Everyone else is dead. Cool. Yeah, you I have. think no. I think it was um, the cameras. It just made it look like it. I'm giving like accidental spit, but it's not that I know anyone who does accidental spit. Accidental spit from Harry Styles. Who knows? Um, and then I have to have a, sh uh, a little shout out to Jason Sudeikis for lying in front of Olivia Wilde's car when she was um, allegedly trying to drive to Harry Styles' house with a recipe, a salad recipe that apparently was like a family recipe. No, it wasn't a family recipe. It what was, was from it? Um, Nora Ephron's book, oh, Heartburn. Yeah. yeah, which is like a um, fiction novel from like the 80s yes. that everyone kind of debunked. No, Olivia posted it. That's right. Yes. Olivia actually posted the salad recipe on her Instagram because everyone was making jokes about it. So at least the subject is self-aware. Yeah. But yeah, now hands up if you think that Harry and Olivia were a PR relationship or not. Yes to Many PR hands. relationship. Many hands. It is really suspicious how quickly they broke up after the film aired as well. Exactly. So it's funny because we're talking about this now and I feel like it's all really anticlimactic. The movie's out. It came out on like Amazon Prime or something. And like everyone loves to hate on this movie. We both said that we enjoyed it. It was a movie that was good to watch in the movie, okay? Like don't come for us. But anyway, without getting too heated. No, it was so funny. We saw it at the movies and we were like, this is the best thing ever. We like posting on Instagram. We actually love the movie. And then all these hot takes started coming out, even from like publications that we write for, like, I don't know, pedestrian or whatever. And they were like, this movie like was so bad. And we were just like, 
we're not we're not film critics. We are just pop culture shit talkers. So. Yes, we are enjoyers actually. We are enjoyers of of films. Yes. <laughs> Alrighty. So the last shocking wild story from 2022 that we wanted to bring up was the whole wife guy moment. Do we remember this? So much has happened this year that I actually can't even remember like when wife guy was, and it was kind of. Definitely an internet conversation, I feel like. But it did leak out into, like, mainstream press. I would like to say, so this kind of was at the same time when Maroon 5 singer Adam Levine was caught sexting a woman who wasn't his wife, and he wanted to name his child after her, but that's another story. Um, And then it turned into another story uh, with one of the world's biggest YouTubers, I guess, from the Try Guys. His name is Ned Fulmer, who was caught cheating on his wife with a co-worker. I would like to say on the record that I've always thought that Adam Levine gives off bad vibes. If anyone's done karaoke and listened and watched his music video for Payphone, Jazz was like, where am I going? Payphone music video, he comes off as the biggest douchebag. He like saves off a woman from like a bank robbery and then he like, there's a car blowing up behind him. He's like shirtless and got his little glasses on. He gives me bad vibes. He he does give off interesting vibes and I feel like people were kind of not um, not surprised when this news came out that Adam Levine of all people of course is sexing other women but then there was also the rumour that it was that him and his wife Victoria's Secret model Bahati Prinsloo have an open relationship mm-hmm. because there was like barely any kind of public statements from Bahati or from the couple in general and luckily for Adam this wife guy YouTube controversy came out literally like a week or two later. So then, of course, he kind of got forgotten. But we don't forget. We don't forget wife guy. We don't forget. Wife guy gate, did you just call Wife it? guy gate. And it also sparked, we're kind of jumping between the two, but I feel like the Ned Fulmer YouTube controversy also sparked a conversation around like performative heterosexuality and like married men kind of really putting their wives up on a pedestal but then when does it when does it fall into like the ick category there was a lot of discourse about it and i just thought considering it was a really niche uh youtube drama not many people knew the try guys before well i say not many obviously have millions of followers but i mean not many like mainstream people who aren't into the buzzfeed and the youtube really were interested in it until recently. So now he's been excommunicated from the Try Guys and they are continuing on without him. So I wonder who who will be the wife guy of 2023 is a question. Oh, there'll be many. There will be many wife guys. I see, oh my God, might I name drop later on we are doing predictions, but maybe something between John Legend and Chrissy Teigen, a little, a little breakup maybe. I feel like they've already had controversies. Yeah, that's true. We'll see, we'll see. Yes. Okay, we've spoken a lot about TikTok. And now the latest TikTok trend has come from our own backyard. And you probably know what we're talking about. It is the infamous Fitzroy Garage Sesh. Apparently, some of the guys are here today, so let's bring them out now. No, we wish. We wish. Where's the green vest? Um, So if you don't know what we're talking about, probably don't have TikTok because it's been everywhere, but let us enlighten you. 
So at the time of recording, we checked like this morning and the original video posted by a young last name, Andrew Davey, has over 4.6 million views, right? And he uploaded this TikTok video that was slightly, cr lots of cringe, um, and he named it Fitzroy Garrett Sesh with the caption, the vibes are here, hashtag Melbourne. In it, we see a group of young guys in their early 20s all kind of awkwardly dancing to Empire of the Sun's We Are The People. And the clip made quite a stir on social media. When you saw it, did you, did you see the original or did you see the kind of subsequent parodies from it? I saw a couple parodies first. So there was a few local parodies and I was like, what's going on? Searched it up and fell into the hole that is Fitzroy Garrett Sesh. It is unavoidable. Everywhere we turn, my friends. But I feel like... If we, like, if we did this podcast on Monday, we wouldn't talk about this because it is that fast like, trend. I feel like I'm, people are already kind of over it, but we're going to talk about it in any, anyway. Um, the, the, it kind of went viral, right, because people were saying how performative it was, how awkward it was, and how these people were just making a party just for the content, right? But that's nothing new. Mm. Okay, so I want to get real here. Tell me actually how you really thought when you saw these videos, Jazz. I want your like unfiltered response. When I first saw it, I was, I saw the original and I was just like scrolling, 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 uh, whatever. Looks like they're having fun, I guess. Scroll on. And the parodies and like the hot takes, some of the discourse around like gentrification, Fitzroy in general, I thought was a bit far in my personal opinion. I thought has a little bit of merit, but I also was like, come on, I, I think we're taking this a little bit far because I think women do this kind of stuff all the time, like this kind of, like having events or like going out together for content and everyone's filming from different angles. I don't think that's anything new for women. Is it because it was some like young guys that people were like, what the fuck? Yeah, well, I know you didn't ask, but I'm gonna give it to you. What's your opinion? Like? <laughs> I was so happy. I was gleeful. I was gleeful at this kind of downfall. I'm so sorry, private school people here. I'm so scared. Am I going to get like robbed after this? Um, but I was like, oh, like I kind of like, like it was fun. It was jokey. I was like, these boys would have bullied me in high school. I am so sorry. And there actually came out TikToks from people who said that they knew the boys. Let me get the notes up, get the receipts up. There was one girl who posted on TikTok and said, quote, I would feel bad for the Fitzroy Garage boys if it wasn't for the fact that one of them used to DM me constantly in 2017, flirting with me and asking me to hang out, only for me to find out that he had the most gorgeous girlfriend the entire time. Years later, I ran into him and went to say a harmless hello and he was so aggressive towards me because I had a boyfriend. So I was like, mm, that made me double down on my take. But I do think it has gone quite far. I won't lie. I feel like there's been some very aggressive behavior online. But at the start, I was like, yeah, these boys look like they're cosplaying to be like indie boys. Sorry. Right. Even The Guardian wrote about it, which I think is when you know when The Guardian culture starts like talking about TikTok trends, that's when you know it's kind of like blown up to that extent that like people are talking about it in that way. They actually wrote... If you have the clock app, you would have seen the boys, their moustaches, air punches, and their particular brand of self-conscious, self-confidence everywhere. And the For You page was pushing out globally to like Scotland, Canada, and the UK. Um, one user called Alex wrote, three kids under the age of 12 in this household for the Christmas break and this Canadian weather. Please, I'll happily be transported to this Fitzroy garage sesh in Melbourne. 
Yeah. And look, okay, devil's advocate, I know we were just kind of hard on them, but I want to put up the argument, we are all Fitzroy Garage Chess. We are all them. Why is that, Jazz? <laughs> Sorry. We are all Fitzroy Garage Chess. To an extent. Um, I think that, like I said before, this is nothing new. That's like Next week there's going to be another kind of trend in this way of people making content for TikTok and... The cycle will continue, and this is just this week's um, talking point, I guess. Yeah, like I'll like I'll admit I like documenting things. If I'm out with my friends or having a good time, I'll take a video. I'll I'll put it on TikTok. Like it can be harmless fun, and like you better uh, like you brought up before, is it a gendered thing as well? Because like women, a lot of like in our circles, we do this a lot, but suddenly when guys are doing it, they're becoming kind of slandered for it. And of course, there was. Um, just two days ago, some homophobic slurs um, graffitied on the garage doors. So it's like, okay, are men not allowed to creatively express themselves in this way? Oh my God, do I sound like Andrew Tate? I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway. Oh my gosh. Um, this is getting so deep now. But I read an um, article, it was actually written in 2020 by Mail Gabbett um, for Fast Company. And the article is called... How social media is pushing us toward 1984. Um, So the quote is, Orwell's dystopian novel reminded me that the real issue is that viral outrage is more than an accidental feature of social networks. It is the core of their products, of what they're aiming to create. A megaphone that continuously puts content in front of you that is so powerful, emotional and extreme that, as Orwell says, it's impossible to avoid joining in. And as you keep scrolling, finding new topics for rage is easy. So I think that that, this is like getting so deep, but comparing like this TikTok... Oh, the music stopped. I don't have to yell anymore. The TikTok um, kind of content machine we all are kind of creating this content with like someone else in mind. Like I think that's yeah. what those guys were doing. Like making, having a gathering, but like filming while thinking of like Big Brother or like someone else in the head through a third party perspective, which we do all the time. Like you're a content creator as well. And like, it is just this third person in your head all the time. That reminds me of like that meme that's like re-watching your own Instagram story for the 47th time. You're like, yeah, this is it, this is it. Um, but in conclusion, I also do want to bring up like, we think the boys are going to be okay. We have intel at this very festival. Many of them are here. Apparently they're going around taking snaps with people. Some of them are getting brand deals out of this. Like, they've got clout as well. Uh, of course, they've got clout. And I don't know if anyone else has seen this, but Char Time, you know, the, like the bubble tea, they've already like done a parody of, you know how they have all like the really weird little characters as their mascots? They have like, they've like recreated it in front of the garage with all their little mascots dancing to this Empire of the Sun song, which is just so, so random. But props to that social media manager for being like on this week's trend, I guess. Poor social media working over Christmas. <laughs> Alrighty, so I feel like the Fitzroy Garrard sesh conversation comes in at a good time just because 2022, we're calling it, actually another publication called it first, but it's a year of the micro trends. We've seen it in fashion, we've seen it in our lingo, and we've seen it in our internet trends. Yes, Um, this is nothing new in our hyper-fast internet world, Um, but the naming of trends and cause has really seemed to ramp up this year. In an article for The Cut, Danielle Cohen wrote, 
2022 fashion felt defined by the hyper-specific avatars we chose to shape our wardrobes. Barbie dolls, yes, but also weird girls, party girls, ballerinas, matriarchs who live on the beach or coastal grandma, uh, dominatrices and clowns somehow. But as the mood piled up, sorry, as the mood boards piled up, they're becoming just as difficult to sort through as the year's clothing-specific trends. As much as I'd love to drape myself in Diane Keaton-inspired linens, the prospect of dressing like Bella Hadid is equally alluring, and I'm not sure I'll be into either of those options by this time next year. TikTok's many niche aesthetics may seem, individu may seem individualistic, but in many ways, they're just rebranding trend-following as a form of dress-up. So, with that, I want to ask you, did you have any favourite fashion aesthetics or cause um, in 2022? Okay, I love a preppy aesthetic, always. I can I, see that by your loafers. Yes, a little loafer, little plaid moment today. What's the trend called with the two little plaits and the little bows at the end of it? Cottagecore? Kind of, that's like 2020. I feel like Olivia Rodrigo cottage core. I wanted to grow my hair out long just so I could wear true plaits. Like that's the extent I went to. That was probably my favorite aesthetic of this year. Little like Mary Jane's, maybe a tennis skirt. Yeah. Get the picture. How about yeah. you? I think ballet core yeah, or something like that. I, you, I remember I was in the office and I had my hair in the plaits and the ribbons and you were like, so jealous. So jealous. <laughs> like, you look so like give me the plaits. Yeah. Um, because I saw you post a TikTok this week, actually, about disliking the what I don't regret buying in 2022 TikTok trend that's happening again this week, um, where people post photos of like what they've, what they've loved buying and what they don't regret, mm -hmm. even if it's like a trend. Um, can you share your thoughts on that with the crowd? Yes. No hate, no hate. I was going to do the trend myself just for full transparency. And as Jazz, Jazz said, people are sharing their favourite purchases of the year. And it kind of like left an icky feeling in me. That's why I thought, mm, let me observe this a bit more. And I was just like, why are we, I guess, amplifying or like celebrating these purchases that we've only had for a few months? And being like, yes, like I still like them after a few months that should be applauded. I'm like, that's such a short time. Like, shouldn't we be celebrating purchases? we've had for like three years five years ten years and it just makes me feel like um i guess the default then is that we should be buying things that we do regret as well and i'm like that should be the minority yeah True. because when you first you posted like a, a sneak peek on your instagram and i you're like, oh my we, God. we don't always agree on stuff. And so when you posted the Instagram thing being like, this is why I don't like this 2022 trend, I rolled my eyes a little. I was Sweet like, Maggie, baby. what is it now? What are you saying now? And I actually watched the full video and then I, I kind of, I got what you mean. Um, yeah. It is important to like care about what you buy yeah. and want to keep it for years and years and years, not just because it's trending. And of course, you, you're probably not going to regret something you bought three months ago because it's still new. Like, so I get what you mean by that. Yes. Um, so it's not just the fashion that is like in these micro trends at the moment. Um, TikTok trends are also dictating the colour of our nails, i.e. the red nail theory, how we show up at work, i.e. quiet quitting, who could forget that discourse, and even the best or most aesthetic restaurants and bars to visit in various cities around the world. Um, a TikTok by user Whitney Maduke asked the audience, when will you be enough? When will we stop like, following these TikTok trends or at least the one everyone's talking about that week? And when will people be comfortable with themselves? 
I don't know. Like we talk about this because, yeah, like you've mentioned, there's been so many different aesthetics, like weird girl, ballet girl, whatever, clean girl, blah, blah, blah. Oh all God, the girls. Clean girl. We forgot to mention clean All the girl. girls. But all the girls are contradicting each other as well, which makes me think like, hey, maybe there's more choice in it. Like if we're telling you that natural and like 5 a.m. wake-ups are what's um, cool, but we're also telling you like Bella Hadid, like layering and like weird outfits quote unquote are in you have the choice to decide which it will be for you and I don't think that's slowing down in 2023 like I think that's going to continue you know we're going to eat them up I like looking at them like I don't take them too seriously I'm not changing around my whole identity for them but I'm like oh yeah that's cute yeah I agree and I feel like it's such a chronically online conversation to even have because like people who probably aren't as online or who don't like write about culture for a living probably don't give a fuck like (laughs) people in the audience like what the hell are you talking about but I don't know I think I think this will just keep um keep spinning as long as at least as long as TikTok is a thing but as long as as TikTok keeps ticking alrighty shall we move on to recommendations jazz yeah let's I'll go first. Like the rest of the world, I watch Glass Onion over Christmas. Who else watched Glass Onion at Christmas? Yeah, a couple hands. Yeah. Um, so Glass Onion is the second instalment of the Knives Out series, which stars Daniel Craig, and imagine managed to score another all-star cast with Kate Hudson, Catherine Hahn, Janelle Monet, who's incredible, and Edward Norton, all as main characters. Did you watch Glass Onion? Yes, I did, and I watched Knives Out just like a week or two before then as well, so I'm very much on my murder mystery grind. Mm. So Glass Onion follows Detective Benoit Blanc as he's asked to join a group of highly successful friends for a murder mystery party hosted by a tech billionaire called Miles Bronn. Personally, I preferred the first movie. Who has seen Knives Out? Yeah, more people. Yeah. Who, okay, who's seen both and who prefers Knives Out? Yeah, like everyone who said they've seen Glass Onion prefers Knives Out. So I'm kind of recommending it to chat about the genre in general um, because I feel like it felt a bit on the nose um, and a really obvious comparison to Elon Musk in that evil tech billionaire, but he's really stupid. And this is no spoilers, by the way, I'm not spoiling anything. But yeah, he's just really stupid, but like ridiculous amounts of money. Um, Whereas the first one felt a little bit more subtle. However, obviously they both still follow the themes of wealth and betrayal. But it did make me want to ask, why are we all watching murder mysteries at the moment? This could be a bit of a generalization, but I feel like we've had White Lotus, um, Only Murders in the Building, which we love, we talk about on the podcast quite a bit, and Knives Out. And it does seem to me that murder mysteries are having a moment and they're also the most fun type of TV that we're watching at the moment as well. And you gotta know, like Jazz and I are not murder mystery girls. We are rom-com girls. She loves the period drama, don't know what. Um, but yeah, we're like fun, light-hearted content seekers. So for us to be all pivoting to something a little bit harder, I love how it's like a Netflix original. We're like, yeah, that's give me the good stuff. Um, but yeah, it's a trend that we are seeing at least in our own lives. Yeah, why do you think this is? Why do you think the pop culture is loving murder mysteries at the moment? It's like giving like Eat the Rich as well. I hate that I said that. Anyway, um, my recommendation later on also feeds into this category as well. But like a lot of them are about like ultra wealthy people kind of 
being a little bit silly or being, I'm trying to be careful about my words, I'm like, no rich people in the audience, please. Um, but yeah, I don't know, why do you think so? <laughs> Sorry, I love that it's like, <laughs> tech billionaire, like trying to destroy the world. Just being a little bit silly, why are yeah, being so literally. silly? Um, so I actually read an article from Collider by Douglas Lamont titled, Why Are Murder Mysteries So Hot Right Now? And he says, Murder mysteries, then, are the perfect balm for a world that's unavoidably chaotic. These tales acknowledge the presence of violence and how randomly people can just die at any given moment. However, while occupying some parts of reality, murder mysteries also bring someone like Hercule Poirot from um, Death on the Nile, Murder on the Orient Express, or Benoit Blanc to come in and solve the case. This is where the irresistible escapism of the murder mystery to modern viewers enters the picture because they combine the darker elements that we're already seeing in society like every day and then it comes with a heroic figure who like comes in, sorts out all the clues and saves the day, which I think at the end of the day is all we really want right now, like especially as young people facing like a lot of climate change stuff in our future we definitely want someone to come in and just be like, this is the solution. Oh, look, I cracked the case. You're going to have yeah. a great life now. But that's probably not what's going to happen. So I think the reason that we are loving these murder mysteries is because they, yeah, they give us that solution that we're kind of craving. And, like, within two hours as well, right, you sit down, you know you're going to get a good, fun story, and by the end of it, everything will be well. And you're like, why can't that be my life? Um... <laughs> Yeah. Why can't a detective solve my life? Um, the article also references the fact that the murder mystery has been missing from pop culture for decades. So it was kind of really big in like the 70s, 60s, 70s. But um, it wasn't just away for a couple of years, like some trends, but it was actually away for decades. So people are kind of missing that. Um, or like people our age have never experienced that kind of boom of murder mystery content before. Um, and of course, they also have the all-star cast. So... Everyone wants to see, I don't know, Kate Hudson and Catherine Hahn, who were in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days together 20 years ago, see them together in the same movie again, or, you know, Daniel Craig. There's also a surprise coming from Hugh Grant. Oh, so. my God. Yes. Iconic all-star cast. Oh, my life. What is your recommendation for us today? Yes, I've been going to the movies a lot. Love me the movies. Um, something I recently watched was The Menu. Has anyone else seen it? Hands up, please. Yes. Okay, wait. Bella, I thought you watched it, but you're just, you're just signing. Um, anyway, it stars Anya Taylor-Joyce, Nicholas Holt, and Ralph Fiennes. And it's a dark... Fiennes, sorry, Voldemort. Um, and it's a dark comedy thriller. And it was such a fun watch, similar to what you were talking about then, Jazz. But essentially, it takes place over one night where a group of a dozen, like, ultra-rich people dine at an exclusive fine dining restaurant, which is on an island. And things take a dark turn. It, they show that in the trailer, but, you know, won't give anything away, but there's violence, there's murder what's happening um, and I don't know without being too scary because my tolerance for 
horror is like Coraline and that's it, um, really. Um, it had me on the edge of my seat, but it was just a really fun watch. Honestly, we, are, we have no thoughts about movies. We are of the opinion, actually, you found a good tweet, which was like, it's called Glass Onion, not Glass Opinion, because I don't want to hear the hot takes about these. Um, but essentially, the menu like mocks fine dining culture, wanky food scenes, and entitled wealthy people. Um, and yeah, I just... I just wanted to give that one a shout out because I haven't seen too much about it either, but I, I think it's worth a watch. Yeah, I haven't seen it either, but if you can watch it, I can watch it. We were at the, like we said, at the movies watching Don't Worry Darling, which is fairly scary. It's like two jump scares and a little bit of blood. And we were like holding each other's hand, like literally hiding shaking. our faces. We're like the, the biggest wimps. So if you can handle the menu, then I will watch it as well when it comes out on streaming. All right, so now we've kind of spoken about the past, what we're loving at the moment. We're going to go to the future, which is like, I don't know, 12 hours away. Tomorrow, 2023. Um, Our 2023 bingo card predictions. Yes, this is our final segment for this episode today. So we have gathered our brains together and tried to put through a list um, of what we think might happen in the pop culture scene. So put your money on these one, guys. Um, number one, Jewel, who the fuck? Brooklyn Beckham and Nicola Peltz will have a baby girl. I feel like they have to have a baby because one, keep the Nepo baby thing going. But to, I think Nicola Peltz's family is like paying Vogue and big publications to like be in her Get Ready With Me videos and stuff like that. And I think people are already on TikTok like bored of them. Brooklyn Beckham is like the poster child for the Nepo baby, the kind of talentless Nepo baby who says that he's, you know, a photographer and a chef and whatever. So will they have to have a baby to keep the dynasty going? But she is a billionaire. Like, she comes from a billionaire family. So it literally is a dynasty. I would love to see it, though. I'm counting on, on yeah, I reckon the baby. It, I reckon it's a thing. And I think that Justin Bieber and Hayley Bieber will have a baby boy. A little baby boy. You know what? I know, so Justin Bieber cancelled his world tour a few months ago and he cited health um, reasons. He's going through a disease I think it is um it's quite serious but I also think like him taking a step back from music Hayley Bieber is still Hayley Biebering but I do feel like a baby is on the cards and a little baby boy I see that she looks like a boy mom do you know how Americans say that Americans love that they're like I'm a boy mom I'm a girl mom we're just like whatever whatever we get I don't know um, kind of in the same sphere of Justin and Hayley Bieber is I think that Selena Gomez will direct an Emmy-winning TV series. I feel like she's done the documentary and she's going to create this great series that's going to be, like, culture-shifting at least and she's going to win an Emmy or something along those lines, something really big career-wise that's not um, acting yeah. or singing. Yeah, I see that. Okay, so... We are Emma Chamberlain fans. I'm a massive Emma Chamberlain fan. She's Who, got a chokehold on me. Yeah, Maggie's like probably biggest, like top 10 fan. But does anyone else here, is anyone else here an Emma Chamberlain fan? Yay! Yeah, yes. okay, cool. We were, Maggie so, actually introduced me to Emma Chamberlain. Do you remember that? Oh my God, stop. I thought you meant in person. I got really... I wish. No. 
I had no idea who she was because I'm a couple years older and like two years ago you're like I'm obsessed with Emma Chamberlain and now I get it yeah. now but our prediction for Emma is that she's going to have a cancerable moment but I don't know what it is Some, it's going to be a tweet or a fashion line that um, uses uh, like child labour and then fans are going to do backflips to defend her yeah, I just feel like it's her time. Like she's been like untouchable for so long. Something might go her way. Maybe it's to do with role model, her boyfriend. Who knows? We're speculating. I don't want this to happen, but I think it will. <laughs> but, we're, but we're putting it out into the universe. It will. No, I think it's not going to be something that's so bad she can't come back from. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The next one. Next. Sorry, people will disagree, but that's okay. We think that Timothy Chalamet will have a flop era next year. Ooh, sorry. Yeah, Dune, I, we wrote this down and then I realised that Dune 2 is coming out That's this year. no redemption. I'm so sorry. I don't want to see the man in the desert. <laughs> That's enough. That's enough of the desert with Zendaya. Um, I don't know. I feel like he's already, people are already on TikTok saying that he's giving them the ick for various things. Yeah. So maybe this year will be his flop era. He's probably mid-twenties now, and then he's going to have a break and come back, come back and be like A-list, like Brad Pitt, um, kind of Leo DiCaprio style, like A-list star for the rest of his life. Do you know what I mean? You think so? Um, so, Olivia Rodrigo is due in to release new music, and Jazz wrote that she will lose OG fans, which I do not agree with, <laughs> but I'll read out. This might be, I don't know if it's really mean, but I feel like she's had too long. <laughs> she's been performing, but I'm kind of like, her album came out in 2020? Yeah, 21. something like that, sorry. Two years I ago, I feel like it's years. been a long time. So her fans have grown up or they don't care anymore. They're not into her music. So I think she's going to lose a lot of her OG fans, but she's going to gain new ones. She's going to be fine. Like, we love Olivia. I think she's great. And she's so young yes. for what she's doing. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Olivia Rodrigo, I think Taylor Swift is going to have another celebrity feud. But who with? Who with? Could be Olivia Rodrigo or Conan Gray. There's been some talks there, but let's not get into that. I feel like I don't want to put the bad juju out there. Like, our words have impact. Um, but I do think there will be another feud there. Speaking of breakups, um, we weren't just speaking of breakups, but there's been a lot of sad chats that Phoebe Bridges and Paul Mescal have broken up, broken up their engagement. There's been talks of Bo Burnham in the mix. Um, but Jazz, you are hopeful, aren't you? I am hopeful about Paul and Phoebe, and I believe that they are just either having a break or they're, or they're in an open relationship. And I don't know if I'm, de like, um, delirious, but I think that they're going to get married. Yeah. I mean, I think they're breaking up. So let's see. We'll put money on both. Yeah, we can put we'll money see. on it. Speaking of dating, though, I do think Sadie Sink, who is 20 years old, so she's similar age, like Billie Eilish, Olivia Rodrigo. From Stranger Things. From Stranger what's her, Things. What's her character's name? The redhead one, it's okay. That's enough info. <laughs> um, but we think she might be the next one to start dating a 30-year-old. We've had a lot of these young Hollywood stars date older boys, so that could be her. We're really burning through the predictions, but I think that um, Zendaya and Tom Holland will get married, but it's going to be like a hard launch marriage. Like, they would have been married months before, like three, four months before, in kind of like a secret ceremony vibe. 
and then they're just gonna post at the same time or that like collaboration thing you could do on Instagram. They're gonna post like a black and white image from their wedding with like a really sweet caption, like my MJ, my Spider-Man or MJ and Spider-Man forever or something along those lines. And then they're like, yeah, we got married like four months ago. I'm believing it for the short kings, you know? They, this will be a win. This will be a hard earned win. So I'll root for it too. Um, we've got only a couple more. One that we're very proud of. We were like, oh yeah, Northwest, right, has been so good on TikTok. Her North and Kim little TikTok account has been booming. And we think that at like what, the ripe age of eight or whatever she is, she will start her own brand next year or a product release. Um, so we wrote this in our notes. And then we saw uh, a content and social strategy agency in Sydney called Hattrick House. They said the same thing, so we just wanted to say that we said it first. We said it, we have the receipts that it's on our document. We wrote this X amount of days ago, and I think if Hattrick House is all over it because they are the best, like one of the top content strategy brands, if they're all over it, it must be true that Northwest is going to produce. I don't know makeup. She's really into her makeup. Maybe like a makeup line. Kim K is going to ease her into the capitalist family that is the Kardashians and that'll be that that'll be the start of um, Northwest kind of career oh I have my last one is kind of a bit rogue it's not so much about celebrities but it's about um, a genre and I think that sitcoms like 90s style friend style sitcoms are going to come back because we've there's a 70s show reboot that 90s show that's being released on Netflix like this month um, and that kind of follows that sitcom, what's the word, formula, format. And I think that with a laugh track and everything, it's going to come back and we're going to see like the Gen Z version of Friends, yeah. whatever that looks like. Yeah. But I think sitcoms, people want light, like light moments, people want fun. The world is so, I don't know, dark right now. So people want that like light comedy. So I think even though it's going to be released on streaming, I think that sitcoms will come back. I love that. I'm here for it. Um, so you heard it here first. These are the official Culture Club predictions. We'll be taking money at the end. No, we won't. Um, but yes, that brings us to the end of the episode. Well, firstly, I want to ask, does anyone have any 2023 predictions that they want to share themselves? Ariana Grande Baby. Yes. Ariana Grande Baby. Ariana Grande Baby, for those who didn't hear. Thank you for that. That was like so full of confidence. I'm like, she is pregnant already. Like that made her pregnant if she wasn't already. Well, she has been married for a couple of years and she's really into her whole family, you know, private life now. Did you see the other day that she took music, musician off her Instagram bio? Yes, I did. So who knows if she's releasing new music? She's very much, she's, she's not releasing new music. But we can hope, <laughs> we can hope. I love her music. Yeah, any other predictions? The world's going to end, oh. probably, let's be honest. Who gives a fuck about Justin Bieber when the world's going to end? Always well. Um, I think that brings us to the end. And unless anyone else has any other fun predictions they want to share with, the, with us? That's yeah. all good. Cool. Well, we gave enough, I think. We have enough to put some money on. So 
Thanks so much for listening today. And thank you to Beyond the Valley Festival, Pia, who's backstage, The Daily Oz and Frooms for having us, as well as Bella for translating today's episode. Yeah, so you can find us if you want to listen to any more episodes. So wherever you listen to podcasts, just search up Culture Club um, on Instagram or your podcast provider. We will be there. Once again, I'm Maggie. This is Jazz. And thank you for listening. Yay! Give the ladies one more round of applause. Come on. Yay! Well done, guys.